0: Welcome to Two Pros in a Pod, the only football podcast by current professional footballers. I'm Kate Hamer, not one of the footballers, but the voice of the fans in this show, and I'm joined by pro players Marcus Bean and Hogan Ephraim. Each week we give you a different perspective on the football news from behind the scenes in the industry. Each week is pushing it a bit, but we are here today. How are you both? How are you doing, Hogan? Um,
1: struggling last week. I was a bit under the weather, but... All good, so can't complain.
0: So you said you had flu, but I was obviously thinking you're a guy, so I imagine <laughs> it wasn't really flu. Do
1: you know what? It was man flu, but to be fair, I've been good the last few years. I'll get over it within like 24 to 36 hours, so okay. it was all all right.
0: So have you been uh, back out in the beautiful sunshine the last few days?
1: I have been enjoying it. A bit a bit strange being like this since February, but can't complain.
0: Well, speaking of it being strange, we have a hay fever full beanie on the podcast.
2: Yeah, I'm all <laughs> up, man. It's like February and I've got hay fever which is which is crazy. Yeah, it's not good.
0: This global warming. I'm really torn because I like that I can go and sit in the park for my lunch and it's beautiful weather, but then it's not great for global warming, is it?
2: No, no, our kids our kids' kids are in trouble, mate. They're in trouble.
0: Yeah. I hope you're doing lots of recycling. You're carrying around bottles with you, not buying plastic.
2: I try and recycle, yeah, I do, I do. I, 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 I still and, I do still buy uh, plastic bottles. I'm do not gonna lie. Yeah. Oh, I've
0: got my my metal bottle. I've even got a disposable bam, uh, not disposable, sorry, a reusable bamboo cutlery set that I now carry around in my bag as well when I buy food at lunchtime. You're well prepared. Yeah, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That is, that so, is. have you? Has the hay fever been getting in the way of games, or you're? Right?
2: Nah, yeah, the hay fever you just get on with it. Like, um I did have the flu um in the winter, um which wasn't cool, but the no, hay fever was good. I just get on with it. Cool.
0: How are Wickham doing?
2: Uh, we're doing alright. Listen, as I said before, the, well, the start of the season. I was to stay in the league. Um, we're a couple wins away from that with 10, 11 games to go, so it's all good we've been on, not on the best of runs at the moment, but enough opportunity Saturday to stop the rot, and now we're in a we're in a good place training has been good this week, so looking forward to the game
0: Good, good. Who is yeah. your next game against?
2: Well, we're away at Peterborough, so um they're just outside the playoffs, so it's going to be yeah it's going to be a good game that one'm looking forward to it okay,
0: nice. Hopefully it'll be nice and sunny still.
2: I think it will be. I've got a good feeling. It
0: will be. And Let's get on to some football. Obviously, we've not done a podcast for a while. Your two teams played each other at the weekend. I did try to watch a bit of the end of it. I thought it was a bit dull. What were your opinions?
1: It wasn't a, it wasn't a particularly great game. Um, didn't really expect it to be going into it, to be honest. I don't think Liverpool have been in great form. Um then when the game started the first half was just disrupted there was obviously the four injuries and four substitutions um, in the first half and game just never really flowed I thought Liverpool lacked the ambition to go and find a winner I think they they would have been happy with the draw United didn't have enough quality to find a winner so yeah probably, probably even result given given how the game went
2: yeah I I thought that United throwing in the diamond formation kind of disrupted Liverpool. I thought, well, if you watch Liverpool, um, we always, our fullbacks are normally re- very attacking. Um, he kind of obviously told them to sit in a bit and he also played Milner, which I thought was a deliberate ploy to um, someone a bit more defensive-minded than Trent, um, not to uh, free up the channels for the likes of uh, Rashford, possibly Martial. I thought, he, I, I thought that clocked for um United were going to play. Um, that's a very dangerous area, that, um, that spacing down the sides. And we tried to clog that up. As soon as you've played the diamond formation, that's a key area for that. <coughs> Utilising attacking-wise. Um, so not having Trent on the pitch was a, was a big hindrance to us. Um, Robertson wasn't his normal free-flowing self. And um, that showed we we, had, we lacked um, width. Um, and that, that's the right way we could have... Um, Used for the overload, so that was disappointing. I thought that he was going to make an early change and bring Trent on. He didn't. Um, but for me, the most disappointing thing was uh, the lack of patience um, shown by the players. Just what we had to do is just grind you down, keep moving the ball, and we we're too eager to score. And that's that comes from a bit of pressure, and, and and you could tell that for me, it felt like there was panic was setting in. We're delivering the balls from from areas, deep areas, to nobody. Obviously, there's no one in the box that I'm really going to. Um, attack the ball ahead of the score headed goals for us and were flinging the ball in the box and it was just a really impatient uh, performance you could see Klopp from the side going mad trying to tell the players to keep the ball keep the ball moving pass the ball we didn't and for me it's three points dropped simple as that you're playing against a team has already had their injury problems going into the game and to have three players come off uh, before half time is yeah it's a game that you have to be winning if you want to try and win the title
1: yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that'll be one of the games that they'll look back on. I think they let themselves down massively. Um, I think what you were just saying there about Klopp happened against West Ham recently when they drew away there. He looked too agitated for me. If I was a player, you don't like seeing your manager that agitated. He's got no no calmness about him at the minute. Got um, to remember we're only in February, so I don't know. He's acting like it's the last four games of the season and everything has to be won today. So. I think he needs to calm down a bit. Every interview he does at the minute, when they don't win a game, he's complaining about something, whether it be, I don't know, the wind, the the grass against Leicester, the referee, everything. So I just think he needs to get back to where he was two, three months ago, maybe. He's been there in them pressure situations. He's won titles with Dortmund and Liverpool will still be in the race until the coming, until the coming weeks.
2: I'm not. One thing I was really disappointed about is the substitutions as well. Like bringing Sturridge on, for me, and I, I, I was one of Sturridge's biggest fans. But when he played against Wolves, and the FA Cup, and put in the performance he did then, which was just way beyond anything you expect from not just a Liverpool player, but from a professional, it was it was it was awful. And I'm talking about effort and application. They're two things that I think every pro should be given, regardless of if you're having a good day or bad day on the ball. Uh, he didn't bring that, so obviously he must have seen something in training between now and then. But for me, I, I just don't understand why Shakiri wasn't introduced. It was a game for him to to come on, be the person trying to try unlock the unlock the door, move Salah inside. Um, yes, yeah, Sturridge offered nothing. Um, Rigi comes on again, doesn't offer much, and that's that's basically the difference between us and City. Um, yeah, they could change any of the front three, and the other front three they put in are, are gonna. Be, cause a problem and ultimately the lack of squad depth is going to be I feel going to be our downfall obviously we're still we're, we're in the drivers, I must say the drivers team at one point clear but I think that's where it's going to be won or lost and, on the squad squad depth
0: So you've gone from what you were 50-50 before so now you're thinking no chance for winning the league
2: Yeah no, I've been going down 5% ever since, ever since that Leicester, <laughs> uh, the Leicester game to be honest so I'm down to about probably Seventy thirty. okay yeah that's just purely based on on the lack of one winners in that in that dressing room I think if you look at the dressing room that's what we were working out the other day I think probably only Van Dyke's won a major title in, a, in one of the top, well no Van Dyke. who's won a major title in the top four leagues in, the, in Europe would Milner won it at City Milner mm, yeah. at City possibly the only one If you look at City's team, they've all done it. Um, And it looks like that when I'm watching it. It looks like nobody's really taking the ball by the scruff of the neck, by the horns, getting on the (laughs) ball. by the scruff of the neck. Ball by the the horns, getting on the (laughs) ball. uh, Trying to make things happen. Calming influence, putting your foot on the ball. It's not happening. And and that's going to be the difference.
1: I I just hope that if City do go on to win it, I I expect that they will. I thought that when they were seven points behind, even with the possibility to go ten points behind, I've always expected them to win it. I just hope that the press don't make out, though, Liverpool have bottled it, so to speak, and make a big deal out of it. Because up until now, the performances that they've put in and the results that they've got, they've, they've been brilliant. And they've, well, I don't want to dismiss Tottenham either, because Tottenham have been brilliant too. To even get this close to City has been fantastic. So I think they, they deserve praise anyway, no matter how it ends up.
0: Okay. Putting a bit more focus on your team, you away at PSG next week. Is there any yep. any possibility of coming back?
1: There's always a chance. Um you would have thought that they'd need at least six or seven of the injured players back beforehand. They're going to have to get the first goal as well. They're going to have to put in the best performance they've put in in the last year or two. So it's a tough, tough ask. I think they let it slip away at Old Trafford. But if they can go there and get the first goal, it'll be interesting. Um, last season, we saw a few occasions in the Champions League where teams had lost heavily at home and when they made a real go of it away from home. I remember Juventus away at Real Madrid and there was another one which I can't think of at the top of my head, but it happened a couple of times last year, and we got to try and produce something like that, but I don't think the manager will be getting judged on what happens against Paris Saint-Germain, to be honest.
0: You need to get um, Pogba doing the speech. Have you seen the video of his speech before the, French, uh, the World Cup final for the French team?
2: No, I've not seen that.
0: I was quite impressed. He didn't, didn't really strike me as that sort of person, but I was quite impressed by his speech. But what
1: killed me was the, the public perception of it.
0: Why? I thought actually, it was good.
1: How many teams there in the football league? 92? Yeah. I think if you went into 92 different change rooms on any day when there's a game day, you'd see speeches like that. It was just that this one was actually recorded and he was doing it. It wasn't exactly Al Pacino on any given Sunday. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It was just the guy saying, this is the World Cup final with 90 minutes away from history.
0: You don't see him in that light very often, do you? Because he's all doing his dancing and stuff. But I didn't see him as that kind of person doing like a speech.
1: I'd like, I'd like to think at £89 million signing, who's won a lot of trophies in his career, he's going to have that sort of influence in the dressing room anyway. I know it's easy to say... You wouldn't really see him in that light because of all the dancing videos and this, that, the other. But we've got to remember this is a guy who's put in a lot of years of hard work to be where he is. And mm. it's just what I'd expect, to be honest. Okay.
2: What do you feel about him? Obviously, the last couple of games, he's kind of been man-marked and he's had little, little or no impact. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how him as a player now, knowing that's happened, how is he going to try and find ways to, to influence games? Um, I think that Liverpool nullified him. Um, Obviously, PSG did with Marquinhos. Do you think that's a tactic that teams are going to employ more now? Because I did hear Wenger, some coach from Wenger, saying that he felt if you nullify Pogba, uh, stop United's counter-attack, then you've basically gone a long way to stopping them scoring goals.
1: Um, I don't think it'll be a major issue in the respect of when they play PSG. They they lost two of their best players in the first half in that game as well, against Liverpool, Pogba was playing in the team which you wouldn't you wouldn't associate with a Man United team. You'd probably think of that as a as a cup team if we're being honest. So I think once the better players are fitting around him, man marking him shouldn't really be a problem. The first half against PSG, I thought he was good. I thought he made two two or three unbelievable runs. So I just think it's about getting the best players around him fit, because then if you man mark him, you're you're going to have other other top players that um, are available and, and with space. So I don't think that'll be a problem. Espe- especially come the summer and once they upgrade the squad, I think it's it's obvious that they need they need help down that right hand side, that fullback and, and a natural right winger. So I think once they get players like that, they'll, they'll be fine. Man marking won't be a problem.
2: Yeah, I can't see no chance of you beating, I think there's a little or no chance of you beating PSG. Mainly down to the injuries, I think, even with a fully foot squad to, to turn this around, it would be difficult with, with the injury crisis and there's, I can't see it, basically. no chance, no chance, I give it.
0: So, uh, moving across Manchester, Man City obviously won the Carabao Cup at the weekend, did you watch that cup final?
2: I thought it was a game of two halves, I thought first half... City dominated possession without really creating as many clear-cut chances as they'd normally associate for them. Um, Second half, it was all Chelsea, and for me, they they were the more dominant team. Um, If you across the whole 120 minutes, I thought Savvy got it tactically spot on. I think he reverted back to the Stamford Bridge tactics where they won, I think it was 2-0. And it worked brilliantly for him. It almost questions why he even decided to play any differently when they played um, at City. Um, I thought they sat him well. They were in very good shape. I thought Hazard on the counter looked like a threat. And and they they sprung him excellently. so hats off to Saru, he's taken a lot of uh, criticism and he's obviously gone back, gone away, looked at it himself a little bit and said, listen, we can't stand for toe for toe for what he openly admits is the best team in Europe. Um, and it paid dividends for him.
1: Yeah, Chelsea impressed me. I expected um City to to beat him and beat him quite comfortably and obviously that didn't happen. Um there's just still problems with me when it comes to Man City's team selection that I just don't understand. There has to be issues behind the scene for players like Sane to never play a game. This is it's crazy. He came on in the Champions League and just changed the game completely and then can't get on the pitch again. So, I don't know what's going on there. Um, I think Chelsea, it was a big, big day for them. I know it got ruined in the end with what happened with the goalkeeper and whatnot. But other than that, performance-wise... There were so many positives and without that incident on the end, they would have been looking back on it. Even as a defeat, they would have looked back on it as a very positive day.
0: So talking about the incident at the end, I actually only put it on about 10 minutes into extra time and so just saw that bit really. But um, what what were your views as players of that? Should he have just come off?
1: There's a lot of people I have a problem with, with that incident, to be honest. Um, I have a problem with a manager for not forcing him off. I have a problem with a goalkeeper for not coming off. I have a problem with every single Chelsea player that was on the pitch and and couldn't get him off the pitch. (laughs) Uh, I have an issue with a goalkeeping coach who, at most clubs, is a go-between when it comes to manager and goalkeeper. And I I have an issue with a referee as well, to be honest. I thought he had no control over the situation. If you're normally getting subbed off and you're taking too long jogging off or walking off, you normally get a yellow card. So why there was nothing handed towards the goalkeeper who's playing refusing to go off, mm. I have no I have no idea. And I, I just felt really bad for Caballero. I just thought it made him look like a he looked like a clown to be honest, standing on the sideline like that. <laughs> and for someone who's he's known as being a, a top top professional and someone who's been around a long time, he deserves better than that. And I thought it was a, it was a disgrace all round.
2: Interesting with well, Caballero one one shot. I, I remember when I was watching it live, I looked at him and he looked like he looked proper upset. Which rightfully so. Um, it's a huge disrespect. And the goalkeepers have their little union and they're, and they're probably the, the the closest kind of have your back kind of players in in the dressing room. Normally you would think Hogan will uh, testify to that. And he looked like just shot, thinking this is just so disrespectful for your for that keeper not to come off.
0: Mm.
2: So it's just a complete lack of respect. Yeah, so I'm just hoping. God so
0: they find him a week's wages, haven't they? But it doesn't seem like a very big punishment really.
2: Well
1: I, I don't think he should play again this season. I know the manager well, but first of all he's been terrible since he's been here. He's been poor. And secondly for him to do that I, I would not play him again this season. I thought it was an absolute disgrace. And he just violated his own teammates and the coaching staff. And I have no idea. Surely he can't walk out on the pitch tonight. I just can't see that happening.
2: Under no circumstances and you do you not come off the pitch. No matter what happens, your ball number comes up, you go off. Now, you might not think it's justified. You might see you've got, you might say, I'm fit, I'm right to stay on. Um, but just argue with him on the way off. I swear, if you have to, you have to come off. Mm. It's just, do you know what I mean? And have the fight in the dressing room. Have a little a touch touch line, little frackless if you have to, but you have to come off. Now, the, one really really disturbing thing I heard today is that from somebody in and around the club is that they worked on it all week that Caballero was coming on for penalties.
0: Oh no!
2: So he knows the Man City players. He's um, he's obviously good at penalty saving, any, take, uh, saving anyway. He's got a history of saving penalties, and they worked on it all week that he was coming on. And that, to be fair, now I think of it, that makes sense as to why Sammy was so angry. Listen, you'd be you'd be angry, but to the extent where you're ripping off your jacket, walking down the down the tunnel, about right, to basically walk out on your job because that's what you'd basically do if you walk down the tunnel. Uh. That kind of explains a lot. Um, and if that is the case, then for me, a like lot with with Hogan, he doesn't play again. Um,
1: what well, what would have happened, right, if when he refused to come off? if Sarri's bought Caballero
2: on for an outfield player...
0: Can you do that in your goalkeeping kit?
2: Put me in the other kit. And listen, listen. Rio Ferdinand summed it up really well for me. Rio Ferdinand said, as a manager, there's two things you've got to do. You've got to walk on there and drag him off yourself. Yeah. Or you've got to just sit down and just fold your arms and say the game's not going on until he comes off the pitch. And just tell yeah. the referee, just, just make the sub. So the referee, first of all, should be getting reprimanded because his job... Yeah. when the manager says make a sub you do it and if the player yeah. takes too long to come off you yellow card him if it takes too long again you give him a red card and I mean as a manager I'll be, sitting there, I'll, I'll be happy with that give him a red I'll stick my keeper on yeah. keeper on. he goes in goal and then who's the one who looks like an idiot Kepa yeah exactly Sammy
0: but the backroom staff like, didn't look like they were helping I didn't think staff,
2: listen his staff members are all weak as piss as well if I'm honestly honest with you it's embarrassing None of them had his yeah. back, really. No. Zola had a little, little quick shout.
0: The yeah, but then said, Zola was back. sort of saying, like, oh, you know, leave him, sort of thing, I felt, in the way he was.
2: I think he's trying to cover it up in it. I think he's thinking, this is live on TV. He looks terrible. Let's just make the best of a bad situation. To me, it looked like no one at Chelsea back Sari. The players don't back sorry. We're talking about Wickham. It was like every single one of our players would have went over there and tried to at least tried to get him off the pitch. Yeah. Look, you had, you've had this, their, uh, their captain, uh, Aspilicueta, said, oh, I was on the other, I didn't, the other see
0: time, <laughs> I didn't see it happen. I
1: didn't see it happen. What is
2: that? Yeah.
1: The, the, the only thing, though, with the backroom staff, I think Sarri's kind of alienated himself from them. When they lost to Bournemouth and he's made all the backroom staff wait outside the change room while he has a talk individually with the players, that, that puts the backroom staff on the back foot anyway. Because if, if you don't want them when you decide, why should you have them when, when you then want them?
0: Yeah,
1: I guess. I, I just think he had two options. So he had to come on the pitch himself and not move or he had to walk down that tunnel and not be seen again. Oh, they, they were the two options. He should not have been there watching penalty shootouts with Kepper and goal. He should have went in that tunnel, got his bag and got straight down to the local pub.
0: But also, what was Kappa so, yeah. thinking? Like that is such a massive amount of pressure to put on yourself. Like if you're going to insist that you stay on and you don't come off, then you've got to make <laughs> bloody good saves in that penalty shootout. What <laughs> did? I <laughs> know that first one wasn't it? Yeah, was
2: one? <laughs> Aguero's one. No one's talked about yeah. it. Aguero's even laughing about it.
0: Yeah, that yeah. was embarrassing. That.
2: Yeah, listen. The guy's obviously supremely arrogant. You can tell about his body language, the way he throws his hands up in the air when, when, in, in that situation. He's just arrogant. He thinks that he's amazing, yeah. when, it's clear, when he's clearly okay. He's not. He's not. He's, he's not levels, in my opinion, for what I've seen. And it's just a supreme arrogance. Someone you've got to sell him. Take a hit. He, either he goes or Savvy goes. Savvy's got to just be thinking. Tari should just walk around, if I'm honest. Just get your money and go back to Italy. And not, in a, not in a bad way. I think he's, I think he's got potential. <laughs> I, I like him. I think he's got huge potential. But he's at a club where it's just a, a bit like Mourinho and his his ramblings that he had. It's just not run properly. And, it, and the player, there's not enough leaders on the pitch. There's not enough... The attitude stinks there. And that just, just sums it up. Uh. It sums it up, man. It's, it's sad because... Yeah, they're they're paid so well, they have such bad attitudes, man, it's crazy.
0: So we were also talking, obviously both of those teams have got (coughs) transfer bans being investigated. What's going on there?
1: Chelsea have been handed a two-window ban, which I'm guessing they'll appeal and they'll get away with it for this summer and then have to do the next two windows. But I, I think it helps Chelsea, to be honest. I think they're a club now where they've been chopping and changing managers for so long They've been buying older, established players when they have by far and away the best youth team or youth system in the country. So I think it helps them. I think if I don't believe the manager will be there, even though I would probably still give him another season. But if they went and got a Frank Lampard, so to speak, alongside Jody Morris, who worked with the youth team, and you start blooding in Hudson Odoi, Loftus Cheek, and not even Charles to be silly enough to sack a manager who can't sign a player. So I, I think it could help them and, and put them in a in a good stead going forward.
2: I'm not sure. Okay, if they, if, if that is the case, and they start bringing in. They're, they're clearly way off at the moment, as things stand. They could potentially lose Hazard. Um, the youth team players, we all know they have probably they've got the best they've got the best academy in England, maybe Europe. Um, but the problem is, their players are going to need time to to bed and settle in. I don't think you throw four or five of them in, they're, they're, they're going to be you know, challenging for the title or, or even maybe making the top four. But listen, it, it's, it's a long-term project if they, if they, if they go down that route.
1: Uh, I, think, I think four or five is too many. But I think you could go Christiansen's established now and how he doesn't get in this Chelsea teams beyond me. I think Loftus-Cheek's Loftus- good enough to play in the Premier League. Hudson Odoi was just a forty million target for Bayern Munich. You got Pulisic coming in, and you paid sixty million. So I think if you threw those four in with the established players already there, I don't think Chelsea would be far off it. I still think in Kante they have one of the best three or four players in the Premier League. You you suddenly move him into his correct position. I think they're a good team. Top of my head now, I could think of an eleven they can put out next year, and it's a very, very, very good eleven.
0: If they play for the manager.
1: That's the problem, if they they play for the manager. That's why I believe they'll end up getting a new manager in.
0: Who would they get?
1: I think Lampard. That's the only one that stands out for me.
0: Do you think he's ready?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think he does a season uh, for Derby he's ready. I think so.
0: But what's that saying? Is that saying it's too much of a cliquey club?
2: I think it's saying that when they recruit players, how much are they looking at the stuff you know outside of uh, your playing ability? That's what it says to me. Um, what do you think
0: they aren't looking at that?
2: Well, I think how much attention to detail are they paying on it? Because your attitude and your uh, med- mentality is is massive in football. Um, never been in the dressing room where we've achieved anything when that hasn't been on point. In fact, all the teams that I've been in where we've struggled have been because we've had too many people without the right mentality. Mm. I think that, I think they've kind of maybe, yeah, and and it's always something they had before, with the likes of Terry, Lampard, uh, Drogba. They've had it before, and I think they've just taken it off the ball, um, and they need to revisit that. And, and, And that's why, for me, I don't think, I think it hurts Chelsea massively if they go three, two, three windows without making signings. But I think I think they need a need a little bit of a clear out. I think I, I agree with Holmes. I think two or three players on the youth team coming in, integrating them is great, but it's the senior players I worry about at Chelsea.
0: And what do you think is going to happen at Man City?
2: So City's an interesting one. I think they're in they're in big trouble, and it's not just them. By the way, I think a lot of clubs do this is when they pay intermediaries or agents um, to move players under 16 um, to, to other clubs. And they bought obviously, Jason Sancho from Watford. And apparently, according to Jason Sancho, who gave an interview in a German paper, said that his agent was paid £200,000. Uh, did, when-
1: did, did he actually
2: say that? Uh, did he allude to it or... I don't know. I think
1: I've, I've, the reports I read was one of the German papers, A different, no, actually the same one that have originally leaked Man City's other emails which they're being investigated for. It's that they came across the emails. That's what I, that's what I thought had happened. I don't I know right. Jaden had said anything.
2: Yeah, sorry, sorry, you're right. So he, I mean, he did not say that a lot. Yeah, he did say it for the record. He did say that. Um, there was some leaks and that was part part of the leaks with the 200 grand payment and there was other leaks uh, emails, trails, just talking about Jaden Sanchez's attitude, etc. So, yeah, he didn't actually say that. It was uh, the leaks. But, yeah, these leaks are, are really detrimental, um, not only to Man City, but to other teams. There'll be a few teams really nervous about, um, yeah, potential um, bans and uh, fines because it's, it's, it's rampant. It's rampant in football at the minute. Uh, everyone's trying to fight out for the best young talent. And if you've got an into the player then, yeah, teams are willing to, to pay for you to to, make, to sweeten the deal or make it happen. Um, I don't think they'll get banned for that. Obviously, we're just discussing off air about um, City's other uh, troubles with financial fair play. I think that that's going to be the biggest problem uh, for the next Champions League campaign. I think they'll yeah. probably get away with it. I think they're going to just probably have to pay a massive fine and they'll just swallow it as they always do. But, yeah, Hogan, I know you said that you think they'll get, they'll get done for it.
1: Yeah, wh- whether whether they come to a verdict in time for next season's Champions League or the one after, I just can't see City getting away with it. Because when the reports first came out, they obviously they got the big fine and they was only allowed to name 21 players in their Champions League squad instead of 25. So one of the main guys at UEFA have come out recently and said there's no way that we'd be giving them a fine they said it's pointless it doesn't do anything so the only thing FIFA can do is expel them from the competition for a season or I don't know if they'd do more than that I don't think they should or they would but transfer bans and stuff like that that's not going to hurt Man City Man City don't need to sign another player for the next two years probably so that would be what hurts them if they if they get banned from Europe that would be a massive setback for them I think that it'd probably mean they go invincible in the Premier League. Don't get me wrong about that, but just as a club and as this global, worldwide status, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be helpful for them at all.
2: What about points deduction? Does that, does that work in the Champions League?
1: Um, no, because this would be more UEFA and FIFA, so they wouldn't be able to rule over the FA in the
2: Premier League. No, so I mean they could. in the in the Champions League because they're going to want because the problem with UEFA is that they're going to want they they're going to want to keep Man City in the tournament because Man City, massive club, got some of the best players in the world. They generate a lot of money when it comes to or um, well, help generate money and interest in the, in the competition and obviously TV rights etc. Without Man City, in it, it t- takes a dent. So I'm thinking they're going to want to keep them in the competition by a hook or by a crook, maybe a points deduction might 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 work.
1: I I'm not sure I'm not sure yet anyway, how much Man City bring to the competition.
2: Yes, I agree
1: that they're probably the best team in the competition and they should be the favourites and they should be winning that competition. I'm not liking the quotes talking about they're not ready for the later stages. It's a load of rubbish. They're by far and away the best team in the competition. So they brings they bring uh, positivity in that aspect, but the stadium's always poor. There's, there's no fans at Champions League games. When The fans that are there, they just boo the, the Champions League national anthem anyway. I don't, I'm not sure how many viewers there would be worldwide logging into Man City games, more so than Liverpool, Man United, Arsenal, Chelsea. I think but that these teams with history would still be bringing a load to the competition.
2: But the problem you have got is that I'll just say they are the champions of, of England. It's a big blow not having the champions of England in the competition. Do you know what I mean? Like, I agree with what you're saying, but that is a big blow to the the credibility of the tournament. To the credibility of the tournament, it is a blow.
1: Yeah, that's a massive blow. But then, on the other hand, if you have, let's say, the real established worldwide clubs, Liverpool, United, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, uh, Real Madrid, if Man City get away with it and these boys are unhappy, UEFA got to be very careful because they want to break away and do a European Super League anyway. The whole reason financial fair play is, is in place is for these big boys to stay as the only big boys. So I think UEFA will act hard because there's five, six, seven absolutely powerful clubs that would demand it.
0: The whole Sarri Kepper thing wasn't the only argument that went on this week. What about Pochettino and Mike Dean?
1: Do you know what i'd i'd love to I'd love to know what Matt Dean said. I know Pochettino's come out and said he won't say it, but maybe there'll be an f a FA report that leaks out i don't know um, I just find referees this is going back twelve thirteen years. Just find referees so rude and arrogant and it's unreal and I' fought this for the last thirteen fourteen years and um I know the public perception is that football players are quite arrogant and whatnot. I've never met a football player near have the ego of a referee. You you just can't speak to him. It's it's impossible. So I can understand why Poch was losing his temper. Do I believe that Mike Dean said something out of turn? 100% I believe that. Whether we find out, who knows. But I thought Poch came out and delivered his apology, which was good of him and whatnot. But there was just something in me, maybe a cynic in me. I just thought, he you knows there's a few bigger clubs looking at him and he doesn't want to go down the line of, say, like a Mourinho or a Simeone where they've been put in a sort of light where now major clubs are trying to stay away from him. I thought he wanted to keep his name nice and clean and that was probably the smart thing to do.
2: He lost his cool, uh, which is unusual for him. and I think he, he came out and gave a classy uh, press conference and it sums up the man, um, and yeah, I, I don't know if I completely agree with Hogs about him um, showing showing this side of, of his personality to try and get get uh, a bigger, better job. I just think it's just the, the way he is. Um, I think he handled it brilliantly, and let's move on.
0: Okay, so talking. I mean, if he was um, think having an eye to a future job, then that would give me a better segue into Brandon Rogers has just got a new job this week. See what I did there? Um, <laughs> what do you think about that appointment for Leicester?
2: I first of all, I think it was. I still think it's harsh on Puel. Um, obviously, the Leicester fans who go and watch him, go and watch him week in, week out, aren't happy with the brand of football, but. They're one of the teams outside of the top six. I actually, I watch play against almost anybody when they're on TV because I enjoy watching Leicester play football, which is, which is interesting, uh, completely different view to the fans because when you listen to phone ins or any fan talk, they'll, they'll say he's awful. Um, I think player power seems like it's got him out. If I'm honest, um, there's been reports of um, mischance unrest for a while now and. It's not. It's, yeah, it's got him out, and I feel sorry for him because he's been sat from two jobs. Where, where realistically, the league position hasn't been too bad. Brendan Rodgers coming in, I think is, it's a, I think it's almost the a, a perfect job for a, for any manager, uh, <clears throat> newly to the Premier League. I think they're capable of uh, nicking the top six place, um, obviously in the future. Maybe not this. Obviously not this season. He's got some really good young English British players to work with. As well as uh, some really good uh, forward ones, so I think it's a great job. And then, and they're not uh, afraid to spend as well, which is which is important for any manager.
0: What do you think, Hose? I've
2: got some breaking news. What's that? Yes, Cabralo starting for Chelsea.
1: Yeah, he had to. Is Kepper
0: even on the bench or no?
1: Yeah, he's on the bench. Wouldn't have even put him on that. Yeah.
0: Well, maybe they'll put him on the bench, say he's going on, get him warmed up, get him (laughs) ready and then say, no, you're not going on and then do it again and then again. And just that will be his living hell for the rest of his career. That would be a suitable punishment.
2: Do you know what? Do you know what, though? (laughs) What's really strange? Remember the interview after when Sammy was going, oh, it's just a misunderstanding. (laughs) I thought the doctor this and that. (laughs) It's embarrassing. The cover-up was just so bad. But do you know what?
1: I understand why he'd done it. I just thought on cup final day, just where he's so hot-headed as well, because he, he must have been he must have been fuming, I understand why he'd done it. Because I saw a lot of journalists saying, well, you can't drop Kepper now that you've said that. It's going to look like a contradiction. But I, I fully agree with what he'd done.
0: Because
1: mm. if he came out and started speaking about the situation truthfully, his quotes would have been there forever. Yeah. Well, I'm laughing at it.
0: But you can see it wasn't misunderstanding by the fact they fined him a week's wages.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, but straight after, I'm not having, I'm, I'm saying, I'm just going to speak my mind and say, listen, he was out of order He'll be disciplined. Listen, he, to be fair, I understand what you're saying, because he obviously seemed like a man that can't handle his temper. Uh, yeah. So he might have gone on to say something he really regretted, to be fair, but... I don't know. The whole thing's just a sorry mess.
0: Hmm. But anyway,
2: this is reasserted his authority anyway, and put Caballero in goal, which is which is good. Smart move. Yeah.
0: Speaking of speaking out and trying to do a segue back to the Brendan Rodgers conversation before the uh, breaking news came, what did you think of Dembele's comments in the response to Celtic's announcement?
1: For very petty and just rude. This is a guy who took you from Fulham, I think it was, to Celtic. You would have won countless trophies with him. You went and got a move. You're playing in the Champions League now for Leon. So just get on with what you're doing. To come on social media and and, and send subliminal messages about yeah. next manager that's
2: not really, I don't really like all that. No, like, I agree. He should have done it, but just this is what I'm saying. When players talk about, people talk about loyalty, etc. It's just there is just no loyalty in football.
1: Um, yeah, but I think there's a big difference. You got to understand. Dembele was talking about going on strike and not playing in games, not turning up to training, um, hammering the club on social media. Rodgers, it's been an amicable parting. I think most clubs they wouldn't stand in in people's way if the right money gets paid for you to have an amicable ball ending. So I didn't understand where Dembele was coming from. Mm.
0: I think anybody on social media, regardless of whether they're a footballer or not, if you want to make a point, either make the point fully, say it out, or don't bother. Yeah. But all the subliminal, passive-aggressive posts that go on on social media, I just can't be doing with them. Yeah. yeah if I'm pissed issue. off, I just don't go on social media. Like, There's no yeah. point in... What's the point of putting it on there? No, I f- yeah, fully agree.
2: I fully agree. If you're going to do it, just just come out and say, make your point, just don't, these little one-liners, are, they're yeah. boring. It's rubbish. Yeah.
0: Completely. I'll tell you
1: what, though, going back to that, I think Rodgers is an unbelievable appointment for Leicester. I think he'll do very well there. But I think, first and foremost, Celtic have been brilliant to, to let him go at this stage of the season. And I know that'll probably get overlooked. Yeah, they're going to get five, six million in compensation. But while they're in the running for three trophies, to let their manager go elsewhere, fair play to them. A lot, a lot
2: of clubs would have stood in their way. Uh. I think they've done right by him. I think if they didn't, then he'd have every right to be angry. I think what he's done there is he's done everything he can. There, it's time to just let him go on, move on. But you're right, yeah. Some clubs would have made it very difficult for him to leave.
0: Right, a couple of quick predictions for this evening's game. Chelsea Spurs.
1: Chelsea do not win. Um, what am I going to go for? The draw's a safe bet, but I'm going to go Spurs away
2: win.
0: Okay. Beanie, do you agree?
2: Yeah, I think it's too soon after the Cup final. Uh, the Spurs play on the Saturday, didn't they? Yes, yeah, Saturday yeah. morning, yeah. Saturday morning extra day rest I'm going away yeah, with as well
1: I think if Spurs get the first goal it could get very very ugly for Chelsea tonight it could end up three or four and it could be horrible but Chelsea...
0: with Caballero in goal maybe that'll be like repayment for him not getting in the penalties and he'll have an amazing game But
1: well, he best hope all of Tottenham's chances are penalties because that's what he's supposed to be great at <laughs> <laughs>
0: OK, what about um, Arsenal-Bournemouth?
1: I think Arsenal would do it. Um, I think Bournemouth have got a lot of injuries as well at the moment, so Arsenal being at home, they they, they should be winning that. Yeah, Arsenal win.
0: Southampton-Fulham.
1: Home would for me. Yeah, this that's one's that's throwing that's me. Fulham
0: might
1: win. Fulham that's looked all right good. away at West Ham the other night.
2: Yeah, the feds. the front two are, yeah, I'm a mid-table front two. I like them. I feel like they're, they're a handful. Uh, but defensively, it's like, yeah, it's a championship defence.
1: Yeah, this is what's killing me because if Fulham don't win, I think that's them done and dusted. But Southampton have just lost to Arsenal. They're going to lose to Man United on Saturday. So they really have to win tonight. So I think Southampton will win, yeah. What about.
0: They're going away
2: with. I've gone away, win.
0: I've gone away, win. Um, I'm literally doing my accumulator as we're doing this. Uh, <laughs> Palace, Man United.
2: Man United will win.
0: I think Palace might win, that. I'm going
2: home, with. I'm going home, win. Yeah. Home win. Only, because win. Only because of the injuries. Only because of the injuries. I think Palace two
1: injuries are more important than United's nine or ten.
2: Who have they got?
1: Sacco's out injured, and most likely Wamba Sacco. So I think if they go back forward, Joel Ward, Tompkins, Scott Dan and Patrick van Arnholt,
2: I think United do them over. Ooh.
0: Right.
2: Possibly. I'll still go home with yeah,
0: I've gone Palace. Uh, what about your boys against Watford?
2: <sighs> I'll I'm going win. to draw for that.
0: Uh, Liverpool win that. And then Man City, West Ham.
2: Let's see. To be fair, do you reckon they were out drinking? They must have been on it on the,
1: on the Sunday. Nah, no, nah, I don't think they would have. I think maybe on the on the coach back or the train back they might have had one or two beers, but I don't think it would have been anything excessive, to be honest. don't no, think so. Yeah, I've got a feeling that that they honestly believe that they can go and win all four competitions. I, I believe that they can as well. So that's probably the the low the lowest one in their priorities. Uh
2: yeah definitely roughly. Yeah. I think I fancy, I fancy, obviously he will win that I think Yeah, obviously.
0: okay well we'll see by the time I've edited and put this out it's gonna, they're all going to have happened so maybe I'll uh, if, if you've <laughs> just listened to this podcast and it sounds a bit like who do you think will win they will win I've maybe edited <laughs> it to make it look like we got them all right <laughs> 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 um Right, any any other big topics of football that you want to bring to the table?
2: I want to watch QPR on Tuesday night against Leeds. We uh, ate Leeds and, a... Leeds and Leeds
0: and Leeds and Leeds and Leeds.
2: <laughs> that was an interesting interesting game. Uh, Leeds weren't as good as I've seen them when I've watched them on Sky. Um, not as fluid as... Very, a little bit sloppy uh, by their standards. But yeah, I thought QPR worked their socks off and um, probably, yeah... Just about deserved the win, which was yeah good because they've been on a bad run. Uh, so that's their first win and lost the last seven games. So that was a massive win for them. It basically makes them safe now. So I look forward to next season, really.
0: Have you done any of your Forever R's stuff at QPR recently, Hoax?
1: No, I've not been back to
2: QPR for a
1: little while. Um, I might go back in the next week or so.
0: Is it that oh, they've I, not invited you because you wore a red jacket last time you went?
1: <laughs> no, no, it's all good down they've had, they've had bigger things to worry about recently. So, no, I'll go down, I'll have a look at the fixtures and yeah, I'll go and see them play.
0: Well, you know, remember me when you guys go into matches. You know, I could come.
1: I thought you were Fulham's biggest fan nowadays.
0: Only if I've got a free ticket in the Man United end. <laughs> 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 Missed out meeting Pogba at that as well. Have we done a podcast since then? No. No,
1: yeah.
0: You know when you offer to be the person to wait in the lounge with the bags and then the other people come back and they've got a photo of them with Pogba? But that <laughs> happened.
1: <laughs> You're at Fulham, no bags are going missing there. Uh,
0: yeah. Right, well, good luck against Peterborough Beanie. Enjoy your trip. Yeah. I hope you can breathe. Do you have to wear uh, those, like, white things that spread your nose out more when you've got hay fever so you can breathe better?
2: Nah, nah, hard, hard, hard. I, them, them things went out of fashion years ago. I wasn't, oh, did they? They were in fashion. Remember everyone was wearing them. And they didn't even have those. <laughs> wearing their nose.
0: Well, what? now don't you just put I a massive thing father. of...
2: Yeah, Robbie Fowler, that, was it.
0: Now do you just put a massive thing of Vicks on your shirt? That seems to be <coughs> what everyone has these days.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's that, that's old school as well.
1: People stop doing that now. Oh have they? Okay? Yeah, but that was a double of if was, was Talking of um, Peter bro, have you seen do you, have you played against that guy, Abini, the one that they're saying is in trouble for the drugs test? No, what's that? I don't know.
0: Which was his name? Do I need to
2: research?
1: Yeah, God us get me, bro. Oh. He he failed a drug test previously for cocaine. And the other day, they've gone round his house to do the test, and he's not opened a door. And they said, if he'd done the test and failed it, he would have only got a three-month ban. But where he's basically refused to do the test, he's now facing a four-year ban.
0: He's been sacked. Oh, okay. Has been really? sacked now, yeah. Josh, you're worth. Josh they've sacked no. him after confirming the defender has been given a four-year ban for evading an anti-doping test and taking cocaine. He's not played since September Was charged by the FA in December Wales under 21
1: I don't think I'll be playing another football game Joined the League
0: One club on a three year deal From Crawley in July But his contract is terminated The football club wishes Josh well with his recovery and for his future And hope he continues to get the support he needs From those in a position to help
2: Fair enough That four year ban is the last thing you need that's who's having one why just think if he knew that he would have just opened the door wouldn't
1: he yeah <laughs>
0: but why would you take cocaine when you're starting a professional football career
2: I've no idea no idea well that's a lesson mate if you don't take drugs but if you do mate make sure you know the rules
0: I'm <laughs> <laughs> and on that note <laughs>
2: Edit, edit that out.
0: <laughs> no, I'm keeping that in. That's good. <laughs> I'm making that a meme Oh <laughs> uh, Hogan, are you going to watch any football this week? Are you going to Southampton game?
1: Um, no, I'm not. Yeah, I have a friend's birthday on Saturday, so no I'm not going to any games this weekend.
0: Okay, well, enjoy your friend's birthday good luck against Peterborough. Thanks for listening to Two Pros in a Pod. We've been Kate Hamer, Marcus Bean and Hogan fame Follow us on Twitter at Two Pros in a Pod. Let us know what you thought of the show and we will really promise to get back into a proper routine of this podcast.